Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Later in the episode, we will hear about a sustainable farming event that takes place in Clonmel this Friday. But first, this week, I'm joined by environmental specialist Tim Hyde, who speculates on the future role of nitrates in Irish farming. And he started by explaining what derogation actually is. Okay, well, look, the derogation was introduced as part of the nitrates regulations in 2006. And since then, it runs every four years, uh, like the nitrates nitrates, uh, action plan. And it was introduced at the time because the nitrate set a uh, limit of 170 kgs of N per hectare on farms, which is equivalent to two dairy cows per hectare. Now, it, there were dairy, there was obviously most dairy farms are stocked in about that or a little bit higher than that. And because we have uh, a temperate climate, a very long growing season, we have high utilization of grass um, and we have we don't have the extremes of very, very cold weather at the shoulders of the year. Uh, Ireland put forward a proposal that because of some, most of these things, we could actually farm at a higher stocking rate than the 170 or two dairy cows the hectare uh, and be environmentally benign. Uh, and so it was based on, on that basis, we sought a derogation and it was approved and it's been reviewed and approved every four years since then. And as you mentioned, Tim, nitrates derogation has been in Ireland since 2006. You know, how many farmers uh, do we see in derogation currently? Okay, well, I suppose to put it in a bit of context, um, there are approximately 7,000 farmers that have ill of derogation every year. Um, They farm roughly 10% of the land in the country. We have 4.5 million hectares in Ireland. Uh, which so we've ten percent of the farm or five percent of the farmers, ten percent of the land, uh, and they have twenty percent of the livestock in the country. So that gives you a context that for the five percent of farmers, they're farming twenty percent of the livestock. And and to look then at the at the whole picture, if we look at the full land base in the country, what sort of stocking rate are we seeing? Like you mentioned that um, once you go on beyond 170 kilograms, um, which is the equivalent of two cows per hectare, you're into derogation. But across the whole land base, what sort of a stocking rate are we seeing? Okay, well then t- over the, the the we've 61 percent of our farmers are stocked at less than one cow to the hectare. So that gives you an, an, an indicator, look, there's an awful lot of the farmers that are quite lowly stocked, and that could be due to a number of factors. It could be due to land type. Um, land could be scattered as hard farmers, as in an intensive dairy situation, you know, and the age of the structure of the farmer, etc. But for derogation farmers, their, stock, their average stocking rate is around 200 kilograms of N per hectare uh, and that puts them midway between the derogation limit of 170 uh, and 250. Now when quotas went um, and on the lead up to the quotas going uh, we were averaging about five and a half thousand derogation applicants every year and that has increased steadily up to 20 17, 2018, it seems to have levelled off in around the 7,000 farmers per year that are applying for derogation. There are another 5,000 farmers above the 7,000 
that will be stocked over this 170 kind of limit uh, and don't apply for derogation for a number of reasons. Uh, they might be they might take on extra land each year or they might export slurry to a tillage farmer or another dry stock farmer to bring down their overall stocking rate. So, you know, potentially we have in around 12,000 farmers who could would be hovering at the 170 or above, uh, but only 7,000 of them apply each year. And talk through the criteria that if, where a farm will become eligible for derogation. What are the steps to, to become a farmer in that category? Okay, so look, obviously you have to be stocked somewhere between 170 and 250, which is somewhere between two to three dairy cow equivalents per hectare. Uh, you must have full nitrate storage compliance. Uh, you cannot have more than 20% tillage. You have to soil. You have to apply each year to be in a de, to, for derogation. You have to soil sample every four years uh, at a maximum of five hectares, and we would recommend best practice every four hectares. Uh, and you have to do records each year to show how much meal you used and how much fertilizer you bought. And th- so the application period takes somewhere between February and the end of March each year. Uh, and you apply during that time and you send in your records for the previous year during that time as well, along with your fertilizer plan and your if you have new soil samples, etc. And then just in terms of, you mentioned these are in, in more intensive farmers, you know, and, and you know, they're look, you're looking at anywhere between two and three cows per hectare. Um, is it all dairy farmers in derogation or are we seeing a variety across enterprise? It would be, look, the, the majority, uh, I, in, in excess of 90% would be dairy type farms. Uh, you would have some bull beef finishers, some very intensive dry stock farmers uh, and that would have a small land base or they're just a very intensely farmed, but in the majority is dairy farmers. Um, you know, and the likes of the southern counties, the Cork, Waterford, Kilkenny, you know, they would have the majority of the derogation applications. But look, derogation farmers are in every county in Ireland, but where you have the more intensive dairying regions, there are obviously a proportionate uh, increase in derogation farmers in that area. And to take it a step further then, Tim, in, in recent years, we've been talking about, you know, reviews to nitrates, derogation and, and the, the policies around it. You know, is this a common thing based on the fact that it's a four year cycle? You know, is there always, you know, consistent reviewing going on or is this just happening in the last few years? There has always been some sort of review going on, keeping an eye on where derogations lie in relation to numbers and the amount of livestock and the farmers involved. However, the Nitrous Action Plan 4, which is from the years 2018 to the end of 2021, in that time, and we all know, there's been a lot more environmental challenges uh, out there, such as you know, water quality has disimproved and EPA reports have highlighted that and also increasing greenhouse gas and ammonia emissions uh, challenges. Uh, and it was considered prudent by the Farm for Agriculture to have a review ahead of the next derogation, which is, you know, we, there was one done this year, which is kind of halfway through the 18 to 21 year, uh, that four year period. So to try and see if Irish farming could be um, contributes a little more, bit more to the environmental efficiency of farming in general. Uh, and that review was carried out in, with a lot of stakeholders involved during the year. There was a report of proposals and recommendations that came out. Uh, and some of those are going to kick in 
in next year in 2020 and and more of them are going to kick in in 2021 and 22. And and Tim, talk us through those proposals and recommendations, you know, in real terms and farms, what is it going to look like in 2020 and 2021? Okay, well, look, these are proposals. Uh, I'm not saying that, and obviously the Department of Agriculture uh, will have more, in, will decide when and what time year these come in. But these, these proposals are going to start off next year uh, and it's really around to increase efficiencies on farm, nutrient use efficiencies, trying to reduce emissions. So the the main ones that are coming in next year is that there may be a, a mandatory liming program for derogation farms, for new soil samples that are taken between now and next spring, which is kind of the normal soil sampling period. So new soil samples coming in for next year's fertilizer plan, nutrient management plan. If lime is required, there may be a requirement to spread that lime in either 2020 or 21 and your records will have to show that also that at the present moment uh, derogation farmers have to spread any slurry after a certain date in 2019 with low emissions next year that's going to be from the 15th of april any slurry spread has to be spread with low emissions and thereafter any slurry spread in the following years must be spread with low emissions so it's phased in next year middle of April, all slurry after that, low emissions. And for every derogation farmer after that, all slurry has to be spread with low emissions. Um, there are other proposals within the, the, the recommendation document. Uh, one of them is around getting greater efficiency from grassland management uh, and either through using software technology through pasture base or grass measuring uh, farmers will have to input data like that as part of the derogation plan or they can attend uh, a grassland measurement training or a grassland course uh, that it will be a short course to try and improve their grassland efficiency and utilization um, there are a number of other things there that will be phased in um, there is talks of you know having industry and getting involved in trying to reduce the crow protein in rations um, and th that one may not be there next year but one of the things we do know that will be there next year is that derogation farmers will more than likely have to select some kind of biodiversity measure as part of their derogation application 2020 uh, and that has to, that will be coming to fulfill part of our national pollinator plan it may be to do with something around hedgerows maybe late cutting of hedgerows maybe not cutting for 2020 or maybe just managing the hedgerows in a way that will be better for biodiversity and pollinators uh, there are some of the things that are coming next year as i said and the year after you know one of the things that is there that's written into the nitrous action plan is from the 1st of january 2021 uh, all farm roadways uh, will for every farmer will have to be cambered, cambered away from drains so there isn't a uh, direct runoff from a farm roadway uh, into a drain or it can't if there's a heavy rainfall event it doesn't flow off the road and into the drain and there's a new department of agriculture specification coming out in the next number of weeks and months that will help farmers uh, and advisors give some genuine advice to farmers on how this will work at farm level one of the other things is the coming and this is for 
irrigation farmers or farmers with a grassland stocking rate over 170 from the 1st of January 2021, there'll be no bovine access allowed to water courses for drinking or for crossing across. So that will may have implications for some farms. Uh, I don't think there's any dairy farm that doesn't have some sort of water course on it. Uh, and apart with that, you have to move your fence back one and a half metres from the top of the bank. Uh, no access for drinking. Maybe we need to put in bridges where cows are crossing uh, and move water troughs 20 metres away from the, the drain or the water course. I guess, Tim, you know, looking at a lot of what you've mentioned there in terms of the liming programme, low emission slurry spreading and, and indeed, you know, a, a more efficient handle on grass and management. Like th- these are all things that we have discussed previously on the Dairy Edge. And, you know, each one of them, you could nearly put a financial figure on it that would be of benefit to the farmer, you know, in terms of profitability. So when where people are actually improving these aspects of their farming, they're also improving their bottom line. And, you know, to taking it a step further, when you're talking about, you know, biodiversity measures on the farm, looking at, at the roadway and indeed then looking at water, water courses and restricting access of animals to water courses, you know, in a lot of ways, they make sense, um, you know, and, and, and may have some form of a cost to the farmer in the short term in order to set themselves up, you know, to make themselves a little bit more sustainable and, and less damaging to the environment yeah i just take um low emission slurry spreading as an example uh, it's very much flavor of the month for the last couple of years and look it is more expensive to spread slurry with low emission slurry spreading but there are multiple benefits there um, obviously you can spread on a higher grass cover you can go in and graze nearly immediately afterwards and get better clean outs compared to spreading with splash plate you have much better nitrogen use uh, availability uh, and i'm spreading it at the time of year where you can in springtime let's say to reduce emissions you can go into heavy grass covers and you may actually be able to replace around a fertilizer with uh, slurry that's spread using a, a dribble bar or whatever injection system you may use. So look, there are pros and cons. Uh, there will be a cost benefit in some of these. That be they'll be equal, or it might cost you a little bit more, but you'll actually be benefiting more both environmentally and from financially on the farm. Just the low emissions is just one of those. Um, you know, in fairness, there's been a lot of good work done on farms in in with the environmental challenges that are there. And it's, you know, the derogation is just saying, look, if you're going to be farming in derogation, you're going to be, and because you have 10% of the land area and there's 20% of the livestock on the in the country on derogation farms, you'll be contributing a little bit more uh, and reducing the environmental footprint of your farm. And and to, to, to finish, Tim, um, you know, based on the discussion we've had today uh, and in light of the wider discussion that's happening, you know, in Ireland and globally in relation to climate change and greenhouse gas emissions that that are, I suppose, being emitted from agriculture, you know, is nitrates derogation something that's going to exist in the future or is there going to be, you know, a clampdown on intensive farming? Okay, um, crystal ball time, I suppose. Isn't it? um, it's difficult to say what will be there, definitely be there in the future because we are dependent on a number of factors on, in getting our nitrous action plan uh, approved in the next for the next four years from 2021 onwards. One of them is that water quality has to stabilise and improve. Uh, and that is something that is out of the control of 
let's say childless but we do we, with all the best practice we're trying to get farmers to do uh, and being more aware of the the sustainability chances challenges are there we'd hope that the derogation will be there uh, in the future now will it be there in the same format as it is at the moment i we i think we'll all agree it won't be um there will be more uh, requirements for us to carry out better practices and grassland management is just one of the ones you mentioned a few seconds ago you know if we can can become better in managing grassland uh, and utilizing it and growing more um maybe we're able to do it by using less fertilizer i think though there, there are going to be changes there and we didn't we haven't mentioned protected urea in our conversation protected urea is coming at us fast from an emissions perspective Will industry be able to deliver it? Will industry be able to deliver enough low emission slurry tankers? But if we can show an improvement in water quality uh, and reduce our, our nitrogen going into holdings and make it more, be more efficient with what we have, we need the derogation to continue for dairy farming at between this 170 and 250 level. There are another few. There are other few things that could come in as well, like the that we say that a dairy cow produces 85 kgs of N, uh, if if that was to rise, uh, uh, it would, you know, if we redu if we, it's going to affect the stocking rates. Uh, maybe dry stock figures could, the nitrogen levels could decrease. The, in, one of the things we didn't mention either is that there is talks of clover being in, used on dairy farmers, uh, on dairy farms when seeding has been carried out, uh, and that to reduce nitrogen inputs into farms. We all need to do a little more to contribute to the environmental efficiency. Uh, and I think the challenge will be for the industry is to maintain the derogation post 2021 uh, and to reduce the environmental footprint on dairy, on dairy farms. That's great, Tim. I think you've given us a, a lot of information in terms of the, the changes and the recommendations that are happening in relation to nitrates derogation in the coming years, you know, simple practices that farmers can adopt on farms. And also, I guess, just to point out that you are available this Friday at the um, sustainable farming event in Clonmel to answer any further questions farmers may have. Thank you, Tim. No problem. And now to find out more about the sustainable event in Clonmel this Friday, Leonard Betts has all you need to know. On the day, we'll have a number of speakers uh, speaking on the relevant topics. Uh, Catherine Keena will talk about enhancing hedgerow biodiversity. So we'll have a hedgerow cut in the desired height and shape to optimise wildlife and we'll have a hedgerow coppiced uh, hedge basically that's overgrown and, and cutting it back to uh, re rejuvenate it going forward. Uh, we will have Tim Hyde who will talk on the new nitrates regulations. Uh, Andy Boland will talk on reducing carbon footprint at farm level. Uh, Claire Mooney, an ASAP advisor, will do a kick sample of a river that's on the farm to see what the biological status of the water is on that particular farm. Uh, we'll have speakers on incorporating clover uh, because that's a requirement on the new nitrates directive uh, and the use of lime again another requirement nitrates directive and looking at the using of protecting protected urea so they're kind of the main topics that will be covered uh, on the day we'll have uh, a 
uh, some slurry spread with low emission technique in the last number of weeks and just to see the effect of, uh, of regrowths with the low emission technique. So as I say, a lot of demonstrations of the different uh, aspects and uh, explanations about the best methods of doing the different things going forward. And, and as you say, you've mentioned a lot of the aspects of sustainability um, and, and, and they're all going to be demonstrated on the day, you know, whether it's at a board or a demonstration. In terms of, of uh, Michal's farm in particular, are there any measures that he has identified that exist on his farm, you know, be it hedgerows or is, is there any practices that he has implemented in order to make his farm more sustainable? Uh, yeah, sure. I suppose there would be. I suppose originally it's a reps farm, so I suppose any any reps farm traditionally would be quite, quite conscious of the uh, wildlife and the environmental aspect of farming. So he's a number of hedgerows that he's tried to uh, maintain in a suitable manner, and maybe left saplings grow up, which are in, gone into trees now uh, on the on particular hedgerows. Uh, his using low emission slurry techniques so uh, he's also uh, measuring grass so he's trying to get optimized the grazing season and that's in turn reducing his housing period which is in turn reducing the emissions of methane nitrous oxide from that results from slurry storage uh, he's focusing on ebi his ebi is about 150 so it's well above the, the national average his six-week calving rate is over 80%. So again, he's with that, he's able to get more grass into the diet, more efficient cows, less culling, uh, reduced replacement rate. Uh, other things he's doing, I suppose, he's spreading uh, urea in the springtime as opposed to nitrogen. You know, we know it's more efficient in the springtime. Uh, he's incorporating clover in the swards to again reduce his nitrogen applied on the farm. Uh, and obviously soil fertility, he's trying to optimise that to reduce the amount of nitrogen he needs to spread on the farm. So he also has some uh, wildlife habitats. He's an old apple orchard fenced off. He has a, a ring fort on the farm, which uh, the stock of access to, to stop the scrub completely taking over and maybe doing damage to the ring fort. Uh, so look, there's a lot. He's a lot going on the farm and there's a river on the farm as well which is obviously uh, that will be fenced off since reps times. So I, th- I, think, I think, Leonard, you've identified a serious amount of, of um, work being done very well from the grassland, soil fertility, looking at the habitats and even focusing on the cow in terms of a genetically uh, superior cow with a high fertility status in the herd. Um, you know, just looking forward, as we mentioned, the event is on this Friday, the 25th of October. Can you give us an idea of start time, um, you know, and how we can find Mihal's farm. Yeah, so the start time is 11 a.m. Uh, basically, the farm is about three miles from Clon- the edge of Clonmel Town. So, coming from the care side, it'll be signposted from Clonmel Racecourse. And coming from the Waterford Kilkenny side, it'll be signposted at Bulmer's Cider Factory. And then in, in terms of it's it starting at 11am, will will farmers go through a series of boards and demonstrations or what way will it work? Yeah, a series of boards and demonstrations. Roughly, I suppose, probably two hours to do the full circuit, we estimate. And, and, and as, as you have highlighted, Leonard, this is a really good opportunity for farmers to, 
you know, take a look at a, a very sustainable farm and, 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 you know, there are so many measures uh, on view on the day. We look forward to, to seeing it, Leonard. Very good. Hope to see a big crowd there. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Tim Hyde and Leonard Betts for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.